Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. It's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life, and this is the I Heart My Life show. And today we have the incredible Mel Wells with us here. So she is a Hay House author, a speaker, and a coach. She's also a certified health coach, eating psychology coach, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the widely acclaimed The Goddess Revolution. She's Hay House's youngest author and has been featured in Forbes Under 30, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, BBC Radio 1, and more as a leading women's expert in her field. So welcome, Mel. So excited to have you here. Thank you. It's so good to be on. Lovely to catch up with you. You too. Yeah. So we've become friends over the past year or so as well. And so it's nice, always nice to have familiar faces on the show. Um, and I've read your book and know that you have another one coming out soon, which we'll cover. But what most attracts me to your work is the story and how you everything that you went through to get to where you are today. I think it's so inspirational and powerful. So I'd love to start there for you to tell us a little bit about your own journey and what's brought you to this place. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm so inspired by all of your work too, Emily. So this is like a total honor to, to have this conversation with you. So thank you. And yeah. um, my my journey with this really began with a really unhealthy relationship with food. Um, I developed an eating disorder around age 16 when I was at Performing Arts College. And this saw me just go to a really dark place. I went from like not eating anything and losing a lot of weight very fast, um, completely isolated myself from my loved ones. Then I would like swing into extreme binge eating, bulimia, um, you know, constantly looking for the next new diet, constantly starting a new, a new diet on Monday, you know, and then having like cheat, cheat days on the weekend and just this kind of constant yo-yoing. Um, and it was so, um, all-consuming. It really took a hold on my life and stopped me from really achieving anything that I wanted to. It really held me back because I felt like I was always on hold waiting for that kind of magic number that would set me free, that magic number on the scale that would suddenly make me feel amazing. And it never came. Um, And so it was really through my own journey. I mean, first I, I lost my dad quite suddenly to cancer, which made me become really passionate about health and nutrition and food and healing. Um, but I actually, you know, went again, like went too far down that rabbit hole <laughs> and became like super clean eating queen um, to the point where I kind of realized, which was quite a hard pill to swallow. I realized that actually it was still disordered eating, but just with a different face. Mm. Um, so it was only kind of from realizing that, that I realized that I'd been looking for my answers in the wrong places and actually what I needed to do was love myself and actually feel the relationship I had with food, not just keep looking for new rules or new uh, plans to go on. Um, yeah, so that kind of, that was where my journey to recovery and healing all began and it kind of opened up this doorway to personal growth and this, this world of, you know, living with intention. And was there a point you said, you know, you realized that love was actually the answer, self-love in particular. Was there something that happened that gave you that inspiration or that light bulb moment um, where you started to turn in a different direction? Yeah, it was so me and my ex-partner were talking about 
trying for a baby. And it was when we had that conversation of, oh my gosh, okay, are we actually going to do this? That I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if I am going to carry a child and grow a human in my body, then I need to start treating my body completely differently. And I I realized that if I was going to grow a child, I had to really love and nourish my body properly. And I knew that what I was doing was not that. I knew that it was hate. I knew that I was, you know, still stepping on the scales every morning. I knew that the way that I was treating my body was not good. And so energetically, I knew that to have to carry a child to go through a pregnancy, I would need to change my entire relationship with my body and with food. And when I had that moment of realization, I remember thinking, well, if I would do that and go through those changes for, for a baby, why wouldn't I do it for myself? So I remember thinking, do you know what? I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be a mum. I, I just need to focus on loving and nourishing myself and taking care of me and my body, which I had just put through the rings. Like I had done, I had abused my body in so many different ways and, you know, just given it so much hate over the years that I thought, you know, before I start thinking about looking after anyone else, I need to learn how to look after and love myself. (laughs) So that was like where everything changed for me because my vision for my life became so much bigger and my purpose became so much bigger than just losing weight. I realized, you know, my life has more meaning to it than that. Yeah. One of the stories I remember you sharing, I think it was on Instagram, was a picture of you in this turquoise dress. You were at some sort of award ceremony because for those who don't know, Mel is also an actress. And you had purchased a size, or maybe two or three, too small. And yeah. you wrote this amazing message about that. Can you share a little bit about that story? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it, it was the Soap Awards. And it was, you know, a really glamorous event. And I got this gorgeous turquoise dress design. It was a, by this amazing designer. And, yeah, it didn't fit me. But I was determined to shrink myself into it. So I I shrunk my body to fit the dress as opposed to just getting a dress that actually fit my body, (laughs) which is what I definitely should have done. But, um, yeah, I basically, like, just didn't eat for, like, the whole week on the run-up to that event to get into this dress and then walked to the red carpet, like, plastered on all this makeup, fake tan. Um, But, really, I was completely starving, completely malnourished, um, like just, just like putting on this face. And then literally as soon as I got off the the carpet, as soon as I, as soon as like, like at the first opportunity, I went straight up to my room and ordered so much room service, got myself out of the dress and just picked out. And, you know, it was like, it was a miserable experience, you know, and, and the photos look so glamorous from it. And I had so many people like, Oh my God, you look so amazing in that dress. And it's like, People had no idea what the truth was behind that story and the kind of the pain and torture that I was going through. And, you know, it's those kind of experiences that get completely robbed off you when you are consumed with food and body image stuff. You know, and you don't have to have an eating disorder. Like if you are really focused on food and weight loss, you know, it can really I mean, you know, Emily, like there's a healthy way to do it. And then there's a there's a way to do it where it consumes your life. Um, and if it's consuming your life, then those kind of experiences that you should be able to enjoy, like my friends are like having champagne, you know, having canapes, like enjoying the party. And I just couldn't think about anything apart from getting up to that room and ordering room service. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I love that story. And I love how you, um, I think in the post, you were like speaking to your body and saying, you know, I can't believe I put you through that. I'm so sorry. And that just was so touching to me. And even reading the goddess revolution as well, you know, the way that you speak to your body and what we put our bodies through and the way that we don't show love and reverence to ourselves. It's just so it like makes me emotional now because it's just so sad that that's the way we're treating like this, this home. (laughs) Completely. And when we realize that, you know, we can get into a relationship with our bodies, everything changes. You know, when we realize that we can love and respect our bodies and actually treat them and talk to them with love and respect, like everything changes when we do that. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, women especially, think that their bodies are against them or think that their bodies are detached from them, something separate. They don't feel connected to them. And it's when we really connect and make that effort to to really get in in tune with our bodies that we can create so many miracles in our lives because our bodies are our allies you know our bodies are here to work with us not against us it's 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 us that decide to attack our bodies for for not looking the way we think they should look when actually our bodies are just doing the best they can for us our bodies are here to you know help us go through life they're like these incredible machines and these incredible temples and how we treat them and I'm not talking about like just eating clean I'm talking about how we talk to our bodies in the mirror how we how we talk about our bodies to our friends as well um so I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of treating your body like your best friend Hmm. and what happened for you after that moment where you realized you know it's not time to have a baby I need to take care of myself what were the the big steps steps that started to shift things for you So I had to completely surrender everything that I had been doing. And I felt like it basically felt like going to cold turkey on an addiction. So I chucked out my scales, which was like, felt like I had just like deleted my drug dealer's number forever. (laughs) It was like the scariest thing ever. Um, Because obviously that's like, so scared of like, oh my God, if I chuck out my scales, I will gain so much weight. And it was exactly what I needed to do to to find freedom and peace and that intuitive way of eating. Um, so that was the first thing I did. And it was honestly like such a journey of trust and surrender because to begin with, because I had been in living in such a state of restriction for so long, I did have like a boomerang phase where I was just like, oh my God, I can eat whatever I want. Ah, I'm going to go crazy. And I think that's just natural because you've been starving your body. Um, so you do go through a phase of like, oh my God, I'm, you know, like a kid in a candy store. But then that that is not how you how your body actually wants to live all the time. Like your body does not want to eat junk food all day long. Like as much as you might think it does, like your body actually comes to find a really natural place. You start to get more in tune with what you really do want to nourish your body, what feels good in your body and what doesn't. Um, and you basically start to develop your own intuitive, healthy lifestyle. Um, by by getting in tune with your body, which has been magical. And, it, you know, it doesn't stop there. I mean, for me, this self-love journey didn't just heal my relationship with food. It led me to completely changing my life because it gave me the self-belief and self-worth to realize that actually I was in the wrong relationship. Um, it made me realize what I was really hungry for out of my life, which was more freedom to be myself. Um, I changed my friendship circles, I traveled, I grew my business, like I moved over to Bali for 18 months, um, met the love of my life and now, you know, it's led me on this journey of, you know, 
reclaiming my creativity and going back to my childhood passions of acting. So it's like finding that self-love has led me on the most incredible journey and continues to do so um, by figuring out what my soul was really hungry for underneath all those crazy food patterns. Because when we have these kind of crazy food patterns, it's never about us and our willpower. It's about what our souls are really craving underneath all of that. And it's a way that we... We, we tend to like try and manage our pain or we manage emotions that we don't want to deal with. Um, but when we can really get honest with those emotions and kind of, you know, dig, dig, dig and f- figure out what they're trying to teach us, we can learn so much about ourselves. Hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. I really resonate with that because recently I was doing this meal plan and one of the days you were meant to eat rice and whatever else, it like resets your metabolism. And I've had a lot of success with it and it's really changed my life. But the day, one of the days I woke up and I was like, gosh, I don't want any more rice. I'm really not hungry. But I had this intense craving for bread. And I finally could see the difference between the craving and actual real hunger and what the craving was about compared to what my body Body actually, you know, was telling me it needed. And I'd never experienced that before. And my life, you know, had been ruled by cravings. Um, and so I think it's really interesting when you start to see the difference between those two things, because sometimes it's hard to tell, especially in the beginning, and when you're not used to paying attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Like, I think, you know, the main difference and the, the main way that you can tell difference is hunger comes on gradually and it's in the stomach, it's in the body. Um, whereas like a, a craving, like a psychological craving, it's like in the mind and it's like, a, it's like quick, yeah. fixated on one thing. And often at the bottom of that is something else. Um, you know, it could be that we feel trapped in our diet or we could, it could be that we feel we've like had a disconnect somewhere We've had a conversation with someone that's made us feel uneasy in some way. We've got a tinge of loneliness. I mean, the other day, I was I was out in London walking to a meeting, and my phone died. My phone died. And for me, that means I can't get home <laughs> because I don't – or I have to jump in a cab because, right. you know, without my phone, I have no idea where I'm going, <laughs> which is not <laughs> true. But I noticed that as soon as my phone died, I felt, <gasps> oh, disconnection. And instantly I thought to myself, I'm going to go get some chocolate. Now that's interesting. Do you know what wow. I mean? And I did go and get the chocolate because I thought, oh, that's because I feel disconnected. You know, what can I do to feel connected? And it's just like reassuring myself that I'm always connected. And, you know, it's a phone crying out loud. But it's those little moments that you can really take back your power and not be a slave to your cravings because it's not your body craving chocolate all the time or it's not your body telling you you just need to eat bread all the time. There's, there's usually something deeper. Yeah, and I'm like on the edge of my seat because it's also, you know, you not being a slave to your thoughts. Like what you just illustrated there, illustrated there is you being the observer of what was going on inside of your body, not making it wrong, but recognizing what was actually happening. And so many people, like their thoughts are them. They believe that they don't have any power to change their thoughts or to create a new belief. But when you are the observer and you see what's going on from the outside looking in, then you can shift it and you can make different choices. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's really what this is all about. Like the key to healing anything with food, like is is self-awareness. That is your number one tool. Mm. 
So tell us how you move forward with your coaching business and speaking and writing, because like you said, you were an actress for so many years and you've kind of come full circle back to rediscovering that. But how did all of this transform into a business? Sure. So I guess I, when I got my coaching certification, I wanted to help people with their health and their food. And as I shared my journey of, you know, healing an eating disorder and, and what it was really about, which was, you know, self-love and the relationship you have with food, um, I started sharing this with my clients and kind of taking them on that journey. So I kind of developed my own way of coaching my clients and the clients that would come to me would be women that were, you know, yo-yo dieters or, you know, had experienced disordered eating or negative body image. So I basically kind of developed my own one-to-one way of working with people and um, established what those what that journey was that I was able to take people on and what those patterns were um, and I think I did that for about maybe two years or yeah I think maybe two years before I decided to turn it into an online program so I could reach more people um, and I did the first launch of my online program and had 108 people join and wow. when I saw those 100, it was like an eight-week program. And when I saw those women go through it and have amazing results, that's when I was like, okay, this stuff really, really works. And I need to write a book because not everyone can afford the program or want more coaching. Like I need to turn it into something that is 10 pounds that people can pick up and have a transformation, you know? So I think it was it was through coaching people and then doing the program that I had the confidence to write the book, basically. I love that. And how did yeah. you discover coaching? I feel like everyone has an interesting story around that. How did I discover coaching? Um, my journey with that was, oh yeah. So I, when my dad passed away from cancer, I read this book called The China Study. Um, which is this huge scientific book about food and disease. And, you know, I was in a really disordered headspace around food anyway, and I kind of consumed the whole book in like five days or something. And um, at the end of the book, it was like, um, do you want to be able to share this? Do you want to be able to come a, become a health coach and teach this? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I decided to become a health coach so that I could teach people how to eat. Um, and that kind of then opened up my eyes to the whole world of coaching. Um, and I joined B-School in 2014, which obviously just blew my whole world open because then I was like, oh my God, this is an actual whole other world. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So um, so yeah, like I've got so many friends now that are, that are coaches and it's just, it's awesome. I, I really, I really appreciate it. And I really love it. And I, I really, I really respect and value the people that are doing it properly and that are really honing it as their, as their craft. Mm. Um, I think it's, it, you know, at the moment it seems to be, I don't know if it's just me imagining it because I'm in the world, in the world of coaching, but it seems like it's becoming more and more and more popular. And I just really hope that it stays true to what it is supposed to be if that makes sense um because it's such a it's such a gift to be able to share with people and take people on that kind of transformational journey um and you there's no kind of shortcut to that you have to put in the work and and really um 
earn your right to, to be a coach and call yourself a coach, I think. Yeah. I was actually in B school with you. I don't know if you yeah. realize that. Yeah. 2014, <laughs> a lot of amazing people came out of that class. Oh, yeah, that was that was a really special class. And I'm still so close with so many people from from that. Yeah, I met so many, so many people. Cool. So after the break, I want to dive into your current work and also the new book that's coming out. So we'll um, talk about that in just one minute. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iHeartCoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams back with Mel Wells. So before the break, we were talking about Mel's amazing journey from being an actress and really putting her body through a lot, having an eating disorder disorder, and then discovering self-love and how that transformed her life and ultimately led her to get into coaching and speaking and writing. So Mel, I know you have The Goddess Revolution. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and then about the new one? Sure. So The Goddess Revolution is really a guidebook for anyone that wants to go from yo-yo dieter to feeling at peace with food. Um, that is really what the book is about. It's about kind of excavating all of those beliefs around food, weight, diet land, um, and kind of taking you on a journey of self-love. 
and Hungry for More, which is this book, the second one, is all about what happens after that. So it's about how healing your relationship with food actually can transform your life by figuring out what you are really hungry for on a deeper level, what those cravings are really pointing to, um, and how you can use your cravings to become your teachers so that you can go out and live your most incredible, fulfilled life. Um, by going after your dreams, by, you know, really satisfying your soul on a deeper level. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot less about diets and a lot more about your life being fulfilled and enriched. Can you give us an example of how you can use your craving to uncover something like that? Sure. So, like, for example, if you are if you observe that you are really craving um, – let's say a pizza, um, but you notice that that feeling associated with that craving is actually, um, you know, down to something that just happened. Say like a guy didn't text you back and then you were like, oh, I really want to order a pizza. Then you would know, okay, you'd be able to observe and go, okay, that's really interesting. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm just going to observe what is it that I'm actually really hungry for in this moment. And it, you know, that could be you are actually hungry for love, intimacy. So how can you give that to yourself instead of instead of trying to numb that with food? Um, how can you give that kind of self-love and intimacy to yourself? Um, if you notice that you come home from a stressful day at work and you've got your head straight in the fridge, then maybe your craving then is pointing you to notice that actually you're craving a bit of a change because your work is stressing you out or it's not inspiring you. So maybe instead of, you know, going to that food, you go, okay, I'm actually stressed. I need to do something that actually de-stresses me or I need to look at where I'm not doing something in my, in my work life that is actually how I want to show up, you know? So it's, it's really about addressing and going to the root rather than just kind of keeping numbing everything with food, which is the normal thing that everyone does. You know, it's so normal to just like numb out with food or numb out with alcohol and, you know, not actually look at what the the root of that craving is. Um, But hopefully with this book, you will have the tools to be able to do that in your own life. Mm, That's so amazing. And I love that you're talking about how food will numb whatever is going on, you know, beneath the surface. It's like we're just putting a layer on top and not actually getting to the root of why we want the food in the first place. And I think that's so important and can lead to so much transformation. And I mean, your story is a perfect example of that. You know, you mentioned the journey you've been on since all of this, whether it's Bali to meeting the love of your life to starting the business all of it. It's so amazing. And to think that if you just kept covering it up with food and, and, you know, things that weren't serving you, you never would have gotten to that place and the world wouldn't have this version of Mel Wells that we see here now. Completely. And I mean, the latest thing is, you know, I realized that I was hungry for more creativity in my life and that's led me to, you know, now getting back into acting. Like that is that journey. I would not have gone on that journey if it was not for the tools in this book if it was not for the self-awareness around, you know, my own patterns, my own behaviors. Um, So it's really, you know, if you're willing to go on that journey and it does require some courage because looking at your own stuff is not pretty a lot of the time. (laughs) It's not a walk in the park, but it's like such a rewarding journey to go on. 
So where do you get your confidence? Because again, I'm thinking about Instagram and I've seen you post, you know, very um, almost nude pictures because you are <laughs> so like comfortable in your body where it appears that you are and you're traveling the world, you know, you're living life on your terms, at least from the outside looking in, it does look like that. And I do know you personally and I've shared with you before, you do have this like amazing confidence about you. So where does that come from? How did you create that? Uh, do you know what? Like that confidence, I had that confidence when I was little, but it was the, when I got, when I kind of developed an eating disorder, my confidence completely shattered. So I've actually had to rebuild it. Um, and a lot of it has been me giving myself permission to be the leading lady in my own life and to not give fucks about what other people think. Because for a long time, I was terrified of people saying about me, oh, she loves herself too much. She loves herself. She's so full of herself. And it used to, I used to eat me alive. Like hearing that comment used to literally just tear me down so much. And so, you know, half, like most of this journey of, you know, me finding my confidence back has been giving myself permission to be full up of myself and to be the starring, the star of the show in my own life. Like you're allowed to do that. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, to begin with, it was like definitely a bit of a fake it till you make it job because I used to ask myself, like, what does someone that loves themselves do? How do these people operate? Um, you know, what does someone that feels sexy do? How do they behave? And it feels uncomfortable at first, but the more you, the more you try it, the more you start to go, oh, maybe this could work for me. Maybe I can, maybe I can play with this. And I mean, as someone that was, or is an actress, I like the idea of trying new identities on. I like the idea of playing with something for a while and, and you know, having these different um, these different versions of ourselves that we can slip into. So I mean the 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 definitely with dieting and that whole culture it definitely teaches you to be good all the time or it teaches you that you're supposed to be good all the time. And I see this kind of archetype of the good girl that so many of us kind of grow up um, feeling like we have to be. And, you know, from such a young age, like we're told, be good, be good, be good. And I think that, you know, it's good because it creates like, you know, women with good moral compasses. But at the same time, we have rejected maybe uh, a sexier, maybe darker side of us um where like that is our seduct seductive selves or that is like the, the self the version of us that can control or that can get our own way or that can um rebel and i think you know in 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 us reclaiming that aspect of ourselves we can become more integrated and that can make us more confident too hmm I love how you said, you know, the leading lady comment. It reminds me of the holiday with Kate Winslet. <laughs> You're supposed to be the yes. leading lady in your own life. Yes, I love that. I love that movie so yeah. much. It's so cute. And I agree completely. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of women who have that same fear around, like, what if it's too much? You know, what if people think I'm full of myself? I remember even hearing Oprah say that her goal is to appear full of herself because she meant she spent so many years not feeling that way and you know mm. saying negative things about herself and so for you what was the specific fear that came up around people thinking you were full of yourself well I guess I thought that that meant that, girl, that other women wouldn't like me or that other women would feel threatened by me um 
And I just realized that actually that fear was holding me back from living my fullest expression of me. And, you know, as I've kind of gone on this journey and, and grown my business and, you know, become some someone that people follow, it definitely is, it's so, I know for sure that like you, you can't become successful without pissing a few people off along the way. Like not everyone's going to like you. So I guess like, to think, oh, I'm not going to do this in case people don't like it, actually holds you back because, you know, people are going to have their own opinions anyway. And anyone that is successful has a few people that don't like them. And, you know, the great thing about social media is, like, if you don't like someone, you can just unfollow them. And, like, there's going to be plenty of other people that do like you. Um, And, you know, when I see you know, when I see girls or women on social media that are at peace with themselves and their bodies and are, you know, you know, expressing that, I don't think, oh, she's so full of herself. She loves herself. I think, good for her, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. That's how I, that's how I feel about it. So, I think if that's, how, if that's my opinion of it, then, then why shouldn't I do the same? Yeah, no, I agree completely. And has it been the same experience with vulnerability? Because I love how vulnerable you are in your emails and on your posts. Was that a fake it till you make it thing until it felt more comfortable? Um, I think I learned quite early on that vulnerability was a strength because I, it was when I, when I came out, came out about my eating disorder, I was terrified. And that was years ago. That was like 2013. Um, and I put that online in a blog and, um, I was so scared because I thought that, the main fear that I had was I thought that Hollyoaks would think that I was blaming them for my problems. And so I didn't want to give, I didn't want to create any bad press. And I thought that they would like hate me saying, I thought they would think that I was blaming them. And anyway, yeah. I just hated the idea of it being on the internet. But the more and more I was doing this work, the more it was like, I really got to share this because people, it could really help someone. And at the time, no one was really speaking about eating disorders everyone was kind of doing this kind of food blogging thing and just taking pictures of food which was like you know nowadays on social media people are a lot more open and real but back then it was still this kind of facade of perfect food pictures and I thought you know if I'm struggling behind closed doors I bet someone else is as well so I came out with all of that in a massive blog post and the response that I got after that was so incredible I literally had hundreds of messages from people and that's when I was like I need to speak up about things that other people are not speaking about because they're too scared to speak about it because you know I think there's so like if you can help someone feel less alone then you should do that um or at least that's that's kind of my opinion of it and I and definitely like over the years the sharing has become more and more a a tool that I I know that will help people feel less alone um, but, you know, saying that I still, I do still struggle with like where to draw the line, you know, on social media, where is too much sharing. And, you know, some weeks I do feel like, you know, withdrawing back a little bit and spending less time there and sharing less. Um, but I think, you know, that's an intuition thing. So if you, if you feel you have something to share that will help people, then I think your intuition will tell you that it's the right thing to do. But if you, if you, if your intuition says that's an overshare, that doesn't feel good, then your body will tell you. 
Um, and I think you, I think that's only really you that can decide that. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't shared this with you, but I read one of your posts a while back. I mean, maybe it was even, gosh, over a year ago now. And you're the reason why I stopped taking birth control because you were talking about all the chemicals in your body and like what it does. And that so resonated Uh, with me. And I was like, I don't want that um, in my body. And so haven't told you that, uh, but I'll tell you here. (laughs) Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, like with that, I was feeling a bit like, oh, I don't know if I should share this. I'm not a doctor, you know. But I I definitely noticed that when I was on – when I was on the pill, I was so disconnected and numbed out from my body's natural callings and, you know, natural connection. Um, and it just, it, it just occurred to me like how unconsciously so many women are just popping these pills every day yeah. with no real clue of the impact that that's having. Um, and so just to bring awareness to that is, is, is amazing because, it's not normal to be putting that that many artificial hormones in our bodies every day. But so right. many of us, we've been doing it since the age of 14 with no, we don't even think about it. We yeah. just do it. Yeah. Um, so just to have those conversations is, is great. And I'm, I'm glad that it's helped you as well. Yeah, I think that awareness is so key. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we eating? You know, what's really going on beneath the surface? And what are like repercussions is kind of a harsh word but like really like what are what are we doing that's going to help or hinder our lives now and for the future I think it's so important Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely so after the break I want to talk about what's next for you what you're excited about um and anything else that we want to share when we wrap up so we'll be back in just a second Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. I'd like you to meet Dr. Faye Wilson, change agent, ordained minister, and host of Intentional, right here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Dr. Faye, America Out Loud is all about the vision of the voices. How can one's voice make the ultimate difference? The messages of this program and others that are on the Out Loud platform are so powerful that are reaching the world with positive messages. Even as a news platform, it is doing news in a different way so that people are actually standing up and paying attention to what's being said. And again, walking away from the table and having these discussions. I have people, let me tell you this quickly, I have people in my prayer group that are now listening to the Outlaw platform and they're texting me and calling me going, wow. But we are excited you're here. AmericaOutloud.com. Our commitment is clear to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's Emily Williams with Mel Wells. She's an amazing coach, speaker, and Hay House author. So, Mel, I know you have an incredible summit coming up. Unfortunately, I'm missing it. I'm not going to be in town, but please tell everyone about it. 
Oh, yeah. I'm so gutted that you won't be there, Emily. But, um, but yeah, it, it's really exciting for me. It's the first kind of like big event that I'm putting on. Um, and it's called the Self Love Summit. And it's live in London for one day. And it's just going to be the most amazing jam-packed day full of inspirational speakers, dancing, lessons, maybe some singing. Like, we're just going to have the most incredible self-love day. Um, and it's on the 28th of July. So I believe that'll be in a few days after this comes out. So you can still get your tickets if you go to melwells.com slash self-love summit. Um, but yeah, we've got um, Shannon Kaiser speaking, who is author of the Self-Love Experiment. We have Rebecca Campbell speaking. We have... Megan Jane Crabb, who is um, on Instagram, Body Posi Panda, who she's like the queen of body positivity. Um, we have Persian Lawson speaking about love and relationships, and Julie Montague. Like, we just have so many amazing people speaking, um, and lots of cool surprises happening on the day as well. So, yeah, it's it's quite a big thing to take on running an event of that yeah. size, but I'm hoping to make it an annual thing. Um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it goes really well. So I've yeah. seen you speak a few times and you're amazing. Obviously you have the acting experience, but does writing and speaking come naturally to you or is that something you've had to kind of develop? Yeah, no, honestly, it doesn't come naturally to me. Like it's okay. something that, you know, on stage, if I have lines in a scene and I'm a man and I'm a character, then that's, I can eat like that is great. But if it is, if it's me on stage sharing my story, like it's, it's something that I feel confident in now, but it's something that I have to work on all the time still. Um, you know, I'm doing a talk tomorrow at Google. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel so, like, out of my depth with it, to be honest. I feel so, like, oh, my gosh, why me? Like, I have to work on my confidence with that a lot because I feel like I just, yeah, I have that imposter syndrome thing. And, um yeah, like in terms of speaking on stage and, and sharing my stuff, it's like, it is something that I've had to work on. I mean, like the first speaking event I ever did was like to like 20 or 30 people in a juice bar. And I had like my script on the piece of paper and I was like shaking it and I was reading it word for word and I was just so awkward and so anxious. Um, but, you know, I just keep, I think the key with that is I just keep putting myself out there to do it and I keep saying yes, or I have kept saying yes to to speak to opportunities to speak so that I can get better and better at it um yeah but, I, but it's still that. something yeah it's still something that I can't just show up and wing it I have to put in the work otherwise and I have done that before I have tried to show up and wing it and it just is not good <laughs> not yeah. good yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, from the outside looking on, um, the times I've seen you speak, you've been absolutely incredible. And, like, I remember you dancing on stage to Beyonce, like, super confidently. <laughs> and I was like, to James, I could never do that. So, like, oh, it, it looks you amazing. Could. Um, you could. You could. <laughs> I just kept thinking to myself, if I can make Beyonce the people in the audience have a great time that's what I'm here for so yeah if that keeps me dancing and looking a bit silly but everyone else has a great time then I'm cool with that yeah amazing so as you know I'm writing my first official book for Hay House coming up <gasps> so, <I'm> so <laughs> any tips like what have you learned about writing a book what do you what do you tell people when they ask Oh my gosh, so much, Emily, so much. Oh, it's such an incredible experience. Um, gosh, tips for writing a book, where do I begin? Let's say you, 
I think it's, I always used to hear from people, you know, you have to write a bit every single day. And some days I would sit to write and nothing would come out. Like I would literally be like sat staring at my laptop, like when is this inspiration going to (laughs) come? So I think like, and then other days I would like wake up and I would like, all this stuff would suddenly come and I'd be like, I have to write now. And I would like bash out like 6,000 words in one go. And I think, you know, it's, it's important to notice that you will have times, you will have times where nothing comes out and you will have times where it's like suddenly all at once. Um, so I guess, I guess my advice is write as much as you can in those times of inspiration. Yeah. And I would say the first draft, just like get it, get it all out and maybe do do too much because you can always edit things out. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of things that I edited out of this this second book that was just like like there's so many you talk about like vulnerable stories. There were some stories that I put in and then when I read the first edit back I was like, oh no, this is not going in. <laughs> what was I thinking? No way. <laughs> like some of those stories have actually stayed in, but but I did have to go, I did have to have a word with myself and be like, Mel really need to share this in your book I don't think so um but yeah I guess I guess what I'm saying is like write too much to begin yeah always shave it off yeah I've asked a few people this question and everyone says you know something different in terms of what their process is so I think you just have to find what works for you as well and you know it's an experience and I'm sure I'll have more books in the future and I'll give it my best shot (laughs) it'll be awesome what I noticed about me like is that I didn't really have a process as such it was more like to begin with when I got given the deal and I was so inspired to go away and write then I would like I would create some and then there would be like a period of just like nothing. Yeah. And then I guess when the deadline started looming, I was like, "Holy shit! Need to get my act together." And um, and sort of, and then it just comes together. Um, so I guess like it isn't a process; it is yeah. just like feel it out and just yeah. It's a, it's a roller coaster, baby. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! You might oh, be receiving some texts. Yeah, and this is important. This is important as well when your book goes to print and there's nothing more you can do about it there's nothing else you can edit it both times with both books I had a complete meltdown in that moment it went to print suddenly I couldn't touch it anymore and I literally lost my mind and I was calling up Amy at Hay House being like Amy I'm having a breakdown (laughs) I can't I, I really want to change it can we get it back can I change it I think it's oh it's so bad I can't believe I don't think people are gonna read it and both times she was like Mel shut up it's great like stop worrying this is so normal all authors go through this so I think don't worry if that happens to you yeah. because I've been there and I think I think it's normal good to know thank you yeah <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about the work you do now specifically excuse me the programs that you offer um, all your amazing clients Sure. So the main program that I have is called the Academy, and this is the eight-week program that helps people to transform their relationships with food, um, love themselves unconditionally, and go out into the world and create what they were what they were meant to create. Um, so yeah, this is perfect for anyone that has that is struggling with food food and body image issues um, and wants to be on that path to freedom and peace. Um, and that's on my website at melwells.com/join. Um, but yeah, that's had like 
think 900 women go through it now and um i just it's it's my favorite i just love seeing the women go on these transformations it's full of really imp- amazing tools and exercises um and videos so yeah go check it out if that is something you want to do what do you find is maybe like the top three things that people come into your program um you know experiencing or suffering with um i'd say they're like sick of dieting they're like just sick of it um they want freedom um i would say they are experiencing binge eating or emotional eating um or they just have like not very much confidence and they know they want to go on a journey of self-love um so yeah amazing and do they lose weight in the process i understand like it's about the self-love but is that part of why they're there as well well, I mean, obviously, people come into it at different, they need different things when they yeah. come in. So, like, for example, we do have girls come in that have been extremely restricted and had, you know, a lot of disordered eating. And obviously, for them, like, their goal is to come home to their body and be able to nourish it well. And so, for them, it becomes about gaining their gaining their life back. Yeah. Um, and obviously, their body, it's really about letting your body come to where it wants to be. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, if you've got a woman comes in that has extreme binge eating um, and is emotional eating, then obviously if you get to the bottom of what that is, which is what the program is designed to do, then you're going to stop binging. And that's yeah. like one of the main results from the program is people just are able to stop their binging and they're able to heal their emotional eating. And obviously when you do that, you will lose weight because you're not yeah. overeating anymore. So um, it's different for everyone, really. Yeah. I, I never like to sell it as a weight loss program because obviously we have girls come in that have had that need the opposite of that. Um, so yeah, it's really about allowing your body to find its healthiest, happiest place. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, what are you most excited about coming up in your life and business? Oh well. I mean, obviously the book, the self-love summit as well. Um, I'm running my first retreat in the Maldives this September, which is super exciting. Um, but in my personal life, like I am so loving getting back into my acting in the in the in the classes. Um, and my boyfriend Rick, who is a filmmaker, is teaching me film, like how I can. So rather than just being in front of the camera, I can actually learn behind the camera as well. So I'm really lo- get, getting a lot from my creative life at the moment, which is really lighting me up. And how has it been being back in London after spending 18 months in Bali? Oh gosh, it's so different. <laughs> but um, but now it's like, I love it here so much that it's almost like, it's almost like I can't believe that that was only a few months ago that I was living a completely different life. Yeah. Um, adapted quite well, I think. At least today it's sunny out this week. <laughs> yeah, it's so gorgeous at the moment. I love it. We, we love like going to the park with a book and oh, yeah. just love it in London when it's sunny. So one of the questions we ask all of the uh, guests here on the show is how have you been able to create a life better than your dreams and how would you recommend other people do the same? Ooh, how have I been able to create a life better than my dreams? Oh, okay. So this is a little manifestation tactic that I use um if I think of something that I want to I think I think you share this actually in your money program Emily um when I think of something that I want to um create something that I like a dream that I want to make come true I don't just focus on manifesting that I focus on what comes after that 
So I'm like manifesting what comes after the first dream. So then the first dream obviously happens because it has to happen so you can get to the next one. So I guess I'm always thinking of, uh, I'm always thinking ahead of, of what that dream is going gonna, is gonna to mean. Um, and really just like being on my side. Like I, I believe in myself a lot and I, and I do believe this life is pretty short. So I think having courage to really go for things in your life is, is so, has been a really big part of, of my life. Hmm. Yeah. I've never heard it put that way that you're on your side. Yeah. Because like it's, it's really what we always do is like we, we can get in our own way. Yeah. and sabotage ourselves without even realizing we're doing it until we've done it and it's like if we can if we can you know notice that and still love ourselves in spite of it but then get back on our side and remember like okay what are we doing here why do we want to do this okay let's not fuck it up yeah <laughs> let's let's be on our own team here um yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like I'm always giving myself little pep talks um, to kind of keep, my, keep me believing in myself. Yeah. What is one of those big dreams that you know will happen that you're kind of forecasting in the future? I think what I mean, a big dream that I'm forecasting in the future is I think, and we've spoken about this before, but I do think that me and my partner will eventually relocate again to California. Um, and that is because that's where like the filmmaking industry is, the acting industry, like there's so much there for personal development. And, and I love, I love being in London, but I know that, I know that that's calling me in the future for sure. Cool. So where can people find you online or on social media? I'm at, I am Mel Wells on Instagram and my website is melwells.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Mel. It's been absolutely amazing. I hope everyone um, checks out the Self-Love Summit and Hungry for More when it's available. What's the release date for that? So Hungry for More comes out 10th of July, so I believe it should already be out by yeah. now. So you can order it on Amazon. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and for being vulnerable and for the light that you really spread around the world and all the work that you do um, with women to help them heal themselves and, and really fall in love with themselves and their body. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's been an honor. Awesome. So for everyone watching, thanks again for tuning in. As Mel said, anything is possible. Continue to move forward. Trust yourself. Be on your side and just know that your dreams are unfolding as we speak. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams. I'll see you on another episode of the I Heart My Life show very soon. Bye. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iheartcoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in